Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. It's almost like you read my mind because I'm like, always know it's like oh my gosh this is my topic but we're gonna we're gonna tap into it it's gonna be so good it's gonna expand upon it so it's amazing welcome everybody let's all give it up flash your mics if you're up on stage Farida send her a message telling her your number one takeaway if you're inside this room that is the greatest gift you can give a speaker by the way when they are done tell them the number one thing and get specific don't like be like insert you know Rita, and then you put, that was a great share. Thank you. That is not valuable. Do it from a way to give them a big takeaway. And then um, give the room some love by pressing that plus button at the bottom and pinging some people in. Bring them into the room. Because what we're going to talk about in the next half an hour is legit how you can create buy-in from everyone in your life, um, from your partner to your employees to your vendors to collaborative partners, how you can do that in a way that up-levels you and how you can create a community. You can curate a community of people who ensure that this happens in your life. That's what we talk about today. So if you have anybody who is an entrepreneur, a coach, a consultant, into personal development, wants to lift up, I want you to press that plus button, find two people who have a green dot on right now. That means they are on Clubhouse listening somewhere else and invite them into the room to join in on the conversation. Okay, so this conversation came out of a Clubhouse uh, into one of my segments here on Breakfast with Champions. And we were talking about um, the pivots we make in life, because I believe um, pivots like detours. When we get a detour, it is not a sign that we're supposed to go home. It's a sign that we're supposed to go down a different path that we were supposed to be on all along. And we had this conversation all about detouring, and we had an amazing um, share by someone who came up on stage and shared with us that she was she had done um, 75 hard, and she had spent 18 days, first 18 days of her life, not consuming alcohol. And she was about to go into an event 
that she was going to be faced with the temptation for alcohol. And she was talking about how she was going to be addressing people who came up to her during that time when she was choosing not to partake in alcohol or sugar or um, other things that she was choosing not to have. And we started talking about the languaging you can use when you're choosing to make decisions in your life and up level, what languaging you can use in order to get support instead of getting um, criticism or ridicule or judgment, okay? How can you actually make changes in your life and create encouragement of others around you that they up level without them feeling like they're under attack? And this conversation was came into a place of how can we leverage those in our lives for a way that we can lift each other up? And so that's what we're going to talk about for the next half an hour, how you can create momentum for those you know, know, like, and trust without them feeling like they are being criticized, judged, ridiculed, and lose relationships over it. Okay, so if you're into it, if you're into personal development, this is an incredibly important conversation because you are up-leveling every single day. You're in the Breakfast with Champions room hearing from the incredible speakers just like we had with Rita and Jude having a great interview with Glenn just a few moments ago. All right, so first thing, there's two different ways that we're going to talk about it. Number one, we're going to talk about you having a community of people who can lift you up and can help ensure that you go to that next level. Um, There's this brain science. I am a data nerd. My favorite quote is, in God I trust, everyone else bring data. And this is what fuels my marketing and business acumen. And it is all in data. And so there's this data science that we normalize. The way our brain protects itself is that we normalize our behavior based on our own surroundings. It's why I am originally from um, the Northeast. Um, I moved to Georgia, where I live now, from New Jersey. And when I go back to visit our dear friends and family, I find that I am talking faster, I am driving faster, I am cursing more, (laughs) and I am more likely to cut someone off in traffic um, and be really frustrated with someone who drives in front of me slowly. Why? Because that is the normal in New Jersey. I love my Jersey peeps. Don't, I'm just not a criticism. This is fact, not judgment. And so that is the driving culture in New Jersey. And so I normalize to that culture and I start driving like a New Jerseyite. And then when I come back, I remember, okay, wait, we're back in Georgia where no one knows how a four-way stop goes and everyone tries to let the other person go and I need to start being that person again. And I will normalize and come back to this area. You know, maybe you've had that or maybe you've had it that you come back from vacation and you forgot that the milk was left in the fridge and it's spoiled and you walk into your house like, oh, that is a terrible smell. Okay, as soon as we're done unloading all the bags, we will get rid of it. But this weird thing happens. Your nose normalizes the smell and you don't smell it anymore, right? It's why you can walk into someone's house. You're like, oh my gosh, it's weird smelling here. They don't smell it. We normalize it. This is the science of our brain. We normalize things, okay? And if you've ever had that happen, by the way, can you can you do like, I like to do a little polling. Can you do a digital hands up for me? I won't bring you up. I'll turn the hand raising on and off to get rid of it. Can you do me a favor and hit the digital hands up if you've ever had that happen? You find your behavior change a little bit based on a location you went to or people you were surrounded by or you ever smelled something and then it disappeared. We have a few of you raising anymore. We have Adaro and Don. We have Lauren. We have Michelle. Okay, anymore? Click the hands up if you can relate back to this moment. 
Okay, awesome. I'm going to close the hammer. Okay, cool. I see you, Cass. Awesome. Thank you for participating. I appreciate you. Okay, I'm going to do a little more of this. I'm going to close this off now, and then I'm going to do more hand raising. Okay, so that's what we do, and then the science we can see. But then there's this other science that we can't see that normalizes the base of the people that surround us. So if you are constantly surrounded by people who are incredibly negative or choose not to grow and develop or believe that faith is fiction or don't think that it's possible that we could change the way we think and feel and do, then and you are going to feel that way. If you're surrounded by people who aren't up-leveling and aren't increasing their income and their impact, then you're going to continue to feel that way because it's going to feel wrong or different or against the grain if you do that because they you're not normalizing that behavior. You want to have a normalization of the behaviors that you want to achieve. So if you're not currently surrounded by those individuals who are that way, Number one, I am not telling you to get rid of those people in your life. In fact, very much along the lines with what Rita was just sharing, I'm going to tell you how we can actually uplift those people in our life and bring more of them in and actually help to be an inspiration and see change happen in them. So we're going to talk about that. But if you don't have people lifting you up and normalizing an excelling behavior, then you've got to start normalizing that um, way of behaving by bringing more of that into your life. Okay. So if you, yes, you want to attend clubhouse, that is a beautiful thing. You want to make sure you have this room on your schedule and that you have certain segments that you resonate with that you want to have into your time frame every single day. But you also want to be surrounded with accountability. So I believe in when I pay, I pay attention. So I pay to be part of mastermind programs. I spend over a hundred thousand dollars a year being part of mastermind programs and coaching programs that I am in. I choose to surround myself with people who are constantly trying to go farther and greater. I want to spend my time with the impact makers who are looking to make an impact. Not so I can just serve them, but so that they can inspire me and they can also teach me about things I would never know otherwise. So I choose to do that, and I also choose to only hire staff who feels the same way as me, that are high achievers, not just with my company, but in life, who are constantly looking for more things in order to achieve more levels. These are people who are typically, I have researched the, the, the um, biscuits out of this, they are people who are either into some type of sport, they are your triathletes, your People who do Spartan races, they are on a softball team, they are cyclists, they have a big hobby, they are something that, that's gone farther with the hobby, like they've done incredible knitting, they play chess, they've gotten involved in some kind of woodworking, or they are a frequent flyer. That is another one. It is somebody who is um, on the move and active. Those are the individuals I literally am choosing to surround myself with all the time, on purpose, with a purpose. Those are the people that I want to have as my coaching clients. Those are people I want to have as my mentors. Those are the people who fire me up because I believe that God put me on this earth to impact the impact makers. And the one thing that I have that's incredibly limited, I can never have more of is time. And so I want every minute of my day, dollar an ounce of my talent and energy to be spent on impact makers and with them. And so I choose to spend my time with them. So that's what I'm looking for. But you decide what fuels you. Like those are my people. You decide what your people are. Okay. So then I also have to make sure with being so 
such a driven human and being fueled by faith, love, and incredible amount of coffee, I pull in my um, accountability. And so for me, I need, I want to be pulled back in by incredible speakers who make me think about things differently, who challenge my way of thinking. And so for me, one of my thought leaders is Andy Stanley. I go to North Point Community Church in the Alpharetta, um, Georgia. He's, um, I watched him before I moved here. In fact, um, we, my church I was part of in New Jersey, we did training here in Georgia. So my husband found out he was being transferred to um, the Atlanta area. I said, okay, I'll go, but uh, my home has to be within driving distance of North Point Church. I knew I wanted to go there. And so I tune in. He has an incredible way of seeing the written word that I believe in very differently. And it makes me think differently. And I use those thoughts to help inspire content that I share. Um, and so, for example, I was listening to a Sunday service. I got to hear the story of the bread and the fishes. You guys have heard it many times, so have I. And I always thought that um, for me, and the way I believed it to be true, that Jesus went out and gave out the bread and the fishes. But he didn't. Do you know that? I didn't know that. He did not give out the bread and the fishes. He told his people to go serve the bread and the fishes. And they're like, but there's nothing in our basket. And he's like, just go serve. And they're like, but I don't have anything. He's like, just go serve. And they started serving and he kept filling their baskets. And I was like, oh, whoa, that's like what we do. We're supposed to go out and do things with what we know instead of what we have. And we just start and he keeps giving us more stuff. And I never saw it that way before. And then I got to use that message to share that same message with others. So I always am seeking he knows a lot more about the written word than I do, so I need to go to him for that. I go to other people to learn more about business accounting, something I don't know, and so on and so forth. So you find people who know things about things other than what you know. Okay, so that's all good. You're going to surround yourself with key individuals, and then you are going to make sure you are surrounded by people who will normalize, normalize the people, the person that you want to be in the thing that you want to achieve, right? And the way that you look at that is that are you willing to, if you're following them, if you're taking advice from them, if you are seeking them for counsel, you just want to ask yourself this question. Are you willing to trade places with them on the thing you are asking for them for advice on? Are you willing to trade places with them on the thing you are asking for advice on? Um, do you don't want to ask me advice about cooking? I'm going to be frank. I am really good at using the toaster oven and DoorDash. I am not. My kids, my husband, they did not. They do not get to be blessed by an incredible chef as their mom. That is not who I am. <clears throat> so you would not ask me for advice because you would not trade places with me as far as being a chef. As far as marketing, launching a course, yes, growing a coaching business, 100%. But you want to make sure that's for every person you ask advice on, right? If you're going to your spouse, your parent, your friend, your neighbor, your aunt, to ask them for advice on something, ask yourself first, would I trade places with them on the topic I'm asking for advice on? If not, stop asking them for advice on that thing. They don't know what they're talking about. So the fact that you're asking somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about to give you advice on something you need help on that they have no idea makes no sense. But yet that's what we do. So stop doing that. Instead, find someone who has achieved the thing that you want to achieve and then you copy what that person wants and you'll get that same advice. All right, so I only have half my time left. So I want to get to the goodies. This is literally how, how, let me ask you this. I mean, I'm going to do another hand raise right now. I'm going to turn it on. 
Okay, so raise your hand right now if you have someone in your life who you would love to inspire to make some changes in their life like you have. Raise your hand right now if you have somebody in your life. Monica's flashing. You guys can raise your digital hand. I turned it on. Raise your digital hand if there's someone in your life right now that you would like to inspire to make some changes in their life like you have. Okay, and I see Adaro and Dawn and Mans and, okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh, I didn't mean to pull you up there, Adaro. You don't have to say yes. I was just clicking through. Stephanie and Maggie, I will do hand raising in a second. Okay, cool. You guys are awesome. Okay, so this is how you're going to do this. Number one, you have to accept them for who they are, okay? If you're going to be all about the change, you can't th say that they need to go and change because they're not choosing change. You're the one who's choosing change. And when we approach things like, well, I got my act together. I started eating right. I gave up alcohol. I grew my business. I went to the Tony Robbins event. I chose to read the self-development book. That's what you chose, they didn't choose that. And when you come at them saying like, you should, what you're doing then is something that's called shooting all over them. <laughs> as soon as we start approaching somebody by shooting all over them, they are going to respond in a way that normalizes who they are by telling themselves what you're doing is wrong. That's how they normalize it because they have, we are self-protectionists. We will protect ourselves at all costs. So you cannot do not, when you go to uh, grow your business for God's sake, which I hope all of you register for, when you go to that event and you come home, you cannot come home telling your spouse, telling your kids, telling your parents, your friends, all the things that they should be doing now that you discovered at that event. That is the number one way to turn all of them off because they're they're going to be like, what did they do? Is that a cult? Did they get brainwashed? Who does she think she is? Who does he think he is? They are going, and that is not even them trying to be mean. It is literally how their brain operates to normalize. They are going to turn it off. So the way that you do it instead is completely different. It's something that's called gestalt sharing. Gestalt sharing. Gestalt sharing is never telling, never, ever, ever telling somebody, here's what you should do. Okay, what you should do to someone who did not ask you of what they should do is the worst way to give somebody advice. Okay, instead, you do gestalt sharing, which is, um, and we use this. I'm gonna give you an example how to use this because I know there's a bunch of coaches in here. In my coaching program, when people break into um, my, I teach people how to launch a course, and when they break into um, coaching, um, when they're coming up with things, like let's say we're working on what their bonuses are gonna be for their course we will have them go into breakouts for peer sharing, okay? It's a group coaching to do peer sharing. We talk about, before they go into group sharing, we talk about gestalt sharing, that they are not going to start coaching each other on what they should do differently with their bonuses. Because what happens when you do that, you turn people off that they're being criticized. Instead, we only allow peer-to-peer -peer gestalt sharing which is you were going to share your own experience, okay? So it always starts with, in my experience. So if you were to come home from an event and you were to have these epic, amazing experiences, I walk my uh, folks through when they come to our virtual events, I say, when you go back to share this, do not tell your spouse, your partner, your friend, what they should do. Instead, you say, here's what I discovered about myself. Here's what I learned. Here's the change I'm doing and 
how I'm going to do it. Here's why I'm excited about this. It has to be all inwardly focused. Okay. And that's, and that person will be like, and I am so excited and just show nothing but pure joy. And I am so excited. You are ending it with that phrase. Like you're so excited. Now you'll know what the next thing is you got to do. And that is don't tell them anymore. You got to show them more because everybody in this room, we've had that moment. We've made that commitment. We've said that thing. And then we didn't do it. And that person we're speaking to remembers that moment, remembers that thing, remembers that promise that we made. And so us telling them is only one little tiny percentage of getting it done. We've actually got to go and do that thing next. That's the most important part, okay? But here's the thing. Y'all, I'm a social media person, okay? I have over a million followers on Facebook. I have grown my business dramatically, incredibly from social. However, do not... Do not, do not, do not post the thing you are about to do on social as a declaration to your tribe. Why? Because you are going to get a dose of dopamine to your brain that makes your brain think that you've already accomplished something because everybody's going to start commenting back, yay, that's so great, go you, you're so awesome. Even though you've literally done nothing except say words, and then you're not going to do it. And then people will remember that she's the person, he's the person who says he's going to do things and doesn't do them. And then the next time you go to people, they're going to say, oh, wait, you're, oh, you're, oh, is that something you're trying again? Or is that something you're making happen? So do not post on social until you can share the thing that you actually did, not the thing you're planning to do. Okay, you get accountable with accountability partner, a mastermind, a loved one, a spouse, a friend, but not all of social. There's science behind this. When people post on social media something they're going to do versus what they are doing or have done, they don't accomplish it because they got that reward of the dose of dopamine that came with none of the risk of actually accomplishing it. Okay, so we're going to just share with all sharing. Then we're going to actually take action again without shooting on anybody. So the advice that I gave um, Debbie, who came to our room before she was going to be faced with alcohol for the first time in 18 days that she hadn't had for the first time in her life, she, instead of saying, I'm not, I'm not drinking alcohol or sugar and carbs, you know, we really, the stuff we really shouldn't have anyway, she instead was saying, oh, I'm trying a new thing. I'm not having that right now. And it's working really well for me. That's a very different statement. When someone says to you, I'm doing this and it's working really well for me, that will make you say, oh yeah, what are you doing? That is very different than here's what I'm doing and you should do it too. Then we're like, oh no, I don't want to hear about it. You're going to tell me something I don't want to hear about it. Okay, so that's the way to approach it. Now, the next phase is when people in your life see you making changes, it starts to denormalize their life. Okay, this is phase two. It denormalizes their life. And remember, our brains want to protect ourselves. So we have a few ways that we're going to face somebody who's making change. So let's say you have a spouse who is not a super fan or partner or best friend is not a super fan of what you are accomplishing because they feel like it is denormalizing what they are accomplishing. There's a few ways that they might respond to this. Number one, they may try to stop your behavior so that they can have normalization of their behavior. 
okay? So if you are stop, stopping watching television at night, maybe that's something you used to do with your partner, and now you're choosing instead to read personal development books or business books or engage in something that's a betterment activity, to that individual, you are now changing what normal is and you are making it a question on their life that will make it so that they can uh, they can't exist as they are. This is the very careful that you need to approach this kind of behavior. If they approach you asking you to stop because it's not, why you always have to do that? What do you think you're better than me? You're reading stuff, or why do you always have to do that? Can't we do this anymore? It is important to you to hear them. They are scared. They are worried. They are upset. They are afraid of losing you. They are not criticizing you. This is all internal, but they are worried that they are not enough. That is scary. You chose to change. They didn't choose that change. And so what you do instead of criticizing that person back is you ask for support instead of permission. You're not, I don't want you asking for permission to better yourself. Every single person in this room was put on this earth with gifts and skills and resources in order to be multiplied and not to be wasted. If you needed permission, I just gave it to you. You don't need to go to the other people in your life for the permission, but you can ask for the support. So the way that you approach that is, hey, honey, I so appreciate you. And I know that I've been trying some things that are different. Um, and so here's the thing. I really am enjoying this a lot, and I feel the difference that it's making in my life, but I also love spending time with you. So how would it, would it be cool if we did this activity or if we watch TV together on Tuesdays and on Thursdays I could read? Or what about I read for about a half an hour or so and then we could spend some time? Or would you be open to us doing something else together? Don't tell the person they got to read the book with you though. Again, you chose that change. They didn't choose that change. All right. I'm not going to get through all of them, but I'm going to go through two more strategies. So the next one is they may, they may think that you are distancing yourself. Because you're choosing this other thing, you're not choosing this individual anymore, okay? Here's a big one that you can do. Start to talk about the impact that you make every single day and how that person's support of your life helped them to make an impact too. So we have dinner every night as a family, and the question that we go around on the table with, with my family every night is, who did you positively impact today? Okay, so they know I, I was taught this early on when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, um, a woman, a friend of mine who is a first surgeon general for the state of Pennsylvania. She said advice that her mama had given to her when she got pregnant was never tell your kids you have to go to work. Tell them you get to go to work. So what I've gotten to say from the very beginning to my, to my girls is I get to go make an impact today. Mommy gets to go make an impact today. And then I will tell them about the impact that I make. And that choosing to go make an impact doesn't mean I'm not choosing my girls. It means I'm choosing to use the gifts that God gave me to make an impact. And so each night they'll ask me, Mommy, what kind of impact did you make today? And I'll ask them back, Katie, Bella, what kind of impact did you make? My husband will answer. My parents will answer. And having shared that with my parents, my parents, when they watch my girls so I can go speak on a stage. I just got back from traffic and conversion. So I can go speak on a stage. My parents... I will come back and tell them, because you watch my kids, here's the lives that I got to impact. And I'll tell them about the people that I met and the stories that I found out. And then they, because you did that, you got to impact her life. You got to impact his life. And so I connect the behaviors that they have back to the impact that it makes. 
and guys, this is what's so crazy. My parents, my mom um, specifically, used to look at what I did with a lot of fear. She's a fear-based person. She's an amazing, loving, incredible individual, but she faced a lot of things in fear. Like, how will you? When will you? How can it? That's how she faces life. But I started to show her the impact. I brought her to a couple of my events. And my mom and dad in church six months ago um, felt a little whisper that to make an impact in the world, they were going to support me in making my impact in the world. And my parents sold their house on Long Island and came and lived with me specifically to help me make a greater impact. They moved in one week ago because they went from complete fear and not understanding. In fact, I would get criticized sometimes by my mom about my job because she was always a stay-at-home mom. And when she started to instead, I never approached her with the you should or you have tos or here's how I or why am I. No, I just started telling her about the impact and showing her the impact and giving her example of the impact that I did my gestalt shares that not only did she fully understand, she became part of the part of the overall impact that we can make. And so I challenge every single one of you in here today, if you have somebody that you're trying to encourage, to inspire, to bring along with you in the journey, stop telling them what they should do or how they need to change. Instead, inspire them by the action that you take and let them know the impact that they're making inside the world because they did because they did. And Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.